It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. That's what makes sports great. I mean, you have nothing to talk about on sports radio. Let's Hey, let's talk trades. And then everybody comes up with a trade. It's great. That's what sports are all about. I think it's fun. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. This is episode 98, as we just discussed, a little inside baseball here for all you listeners. It is the Connor Barwin episode. Thank you, Matt, for that. Matt wanted to go Mike Ditka, uh, but we shot him down on that. So we're going with the Connor Barwin episode of BGN Radio. Let's welcome everyone in before we get into some uh, some somewhat heavy conversation. But uh, let, let's start off with our fearless leader, uh, not hosting again, playing second fiddle yet again. Mr. John Barchard. John, how you doing, bud? You're doing well, my friend. That uh, The opening keeps getting better every time you do it. I mean, we would just have you on the whole time. It's I think you'll pr- be, uh, be ready to go. It's practice makes perfect kind of thing. You know, I, I, yeah. I literally sit in a room by myself and practice it over and over and over again. Can I also and I just, just hope it comes that- out well. <laughs> that uh, I've been in Pittsburgh for the last two weeks, and uh, the, the sports talk radio out here is... Awful. I didn't think, I mean, I know everybody has their opinions on Philly radio and all that stuff. WDVE out here is horrendous. Horrendous. So, just throwing that out there. I like it. Taking shots at Pittsburgh sports radio like anyone gives a shit. I love it. (laughs) All right. And uh, as I said before, Mr. Mike Ditka from our Eagles, Matt Daring. Matt, what's up, buddy? (laughs) How you doing, James? Yeah, you know, Mike Ditka, he's probably my favorite Eagle of all time. When I think of the Eagles, I think dead. of Mike <laughs> Beautiful. All right. And uh, the new lead draft writer for BleedingGreenNation.com. He is somewhere in some courtyard trying to not let too much ambient noise or the people who want to date next to him get into our sound. So it's a good thing, Mr. Ben Natan. What's up, Ben? 
I'm 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 doing well right in the middle of finals week. I only have one final, so I'm just kind of terrifyingly <laughs> awaiting my 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 German final on Friday. So the real, yeah. it's all the real, with those exam talk. Yeah, the, the <laughs> that's real my, that's my job on here. The real what's, question what's is the, how is the date next to you going? That's what everyone <laughs> wants to know. I mean, it is a it's a pizza date in a courtyard at a dorm. So classy. Oh my god. I'm just being like overwhelmed by nostalgia. <laughs> just like all the crappy date ideas I've had over the years. I'm sorry. There's n- there's no candles, so I'm gonna sure how... <laughs> you know I'm gonna figure out how to make origami and then we're gonna have pizza. Yeah. <laughs> wait, hold up, so wait, hold up, hold up. So pizza in a courtyard is crappy? I'm confused here. That's not <laughs> it's not like a really classy move. I need to refine all my moves here. Just uh, just slip him a note that says, learn to cook, asshole. There we go. There we go. All right, guys. So um, so clearly uh, there's been one predominant story related to the Eagles in the news over the last week. And uh, uh, obviously, LaShawn McCoy goes to Buffalo, does this recent interview with Mike Rodak of, of ESPN, the magazine. And without saying Chip's a racist, obviously he does not use those words, but clearly implies, infers, however you want to say it, that Chip is a racist. Puts out there that says Chip has had problems with the black player, excuse me, he says the stars on the team, especially the black stars, are the really good black players. Um, so, so let's just go around the horn, let's kind of, and I'll give my thoughts after, but John, sort of saw that, you know, when you saw these comments, did you take it as... Is it something where you thought, oh, my goodness, is Chip a racist or is it a totally, you know, LaShawn Sour Grapes kind of? How do you parse this out? Because we're not in that locker room. You know, you don't know exactly what that relationship is like. How did you kind of interpret these comments? Well, I mean, I thought it was kind of like a, a obviously the first thing that popped into my head was complete Sour Grapes because this is the kind of thing that he just, you know, continues on doing and all that stuff. But it's also like it's a pretty serious allegation. You know, I mean, that's 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 pretty heavy to put out there. And I said this on Monday with the Haas and 92.3 is just, you know, I think when Stephen A. Smith and whatever Skip Bayless and all that other stuff can go through it, you kind of just dismiss it. And then, you know, Trey Thomas says something and kind of hints at it, too. And you're like, yeah, OK, but it's still not, you know, that's a little sour grapes as well. And then you have like, you know, your superstar come out and hint and say, so this is like the third you know, incident in a row where Chip Kelly's like, "Hey, uh, this guy might be racist," and you know, it's it's a it's a huge like, "Wow, uh, okay," uh, I, you know, let's let's kind of look and examine this type of thing here. Um, but when you, I don't know, when you just kind of go through it and break it down and look at uh, all this, all the different moves and all the different hoo ha that kind of happened in the off season, I was like, you know, they replaced him with Demarco Murray, who was arguably better at the position last year than McCoy was. So I, I don't and really also, see that. And also black for that yeah, matter. Yeah, exactly. So it's, and, and I've said uh, a bunch of times before, I was just like, I think Jason Peters is probably one of the best players that's on the team. So I would much rather have him around than LaShawn McCoy. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's always a hard thing to talk about, especially when you're, you know, I mean, look at us. We're four, four white dudes standing around uh, talking about this thing and, the other thing that I just had mentioned was I, I like the fact that we're talking about it because I think there's a major problem in the NFL that we kind of poo-poo along with, like, you know, before it was uh, domestic violence and now everybody talks about it. And I think race is still a humongous problem in the NFL, and I'm glad we're talking about it. I just think it's a stupid springboard 
to start with Chip Kelly and to, you know, make these kind of accusations here. And look, if, if you are still questioning why Riley Cooper is on the team, so am I. And I think it's one of those things, like, when you kind of put all these things together, and I was, I was really against, you know, there's no reason to call a press conference for it. And I, I still think you shouldn't. I mean, it's, kind of, it's going to be kind of hard to be like, <laughs> you know. I, I think I heard uh, Roy Burton on the BS line when Brandon uh, Gowton, our good fearless leader, was on there a couple nights ago on Blog Talk Radio say, like, it'd be pretty hard to start a press conference and then come out and say, like, hey, guys, just want to let you know I'm not a racist. I think it's, it's, it's kind of hard to do that, too. But I also think it's very important that somebody addresses it. And I think Chip has to address this at some point. I think it's up to, you know, whenever the reporters come out and talk to them again to make sure that you ask those questions and be like, you know, this is the third time this has popped up. This is what's happened. Why is Riley Cooper still on this team when you have, you know, supposedly better football players that you let go? Why is he still there? I'm okay with people questioning that thing because I'm still confused on exactly why he's still an eagle. I'm still confused on, you know, this whole aspect of culture and locker room and all that stuff. And granted, we're not back there and we're not all all there. But um, I think that's okay to be like, what you know, what's happening there? Was it really Howie that, that signed it? Was it Chip's decision? Was it both of their decisions? I think the story still hasn't been told of that. I, I think it's going to be really hard to figure out why. Um, but for all of this to... It kind of pop up like this, I think, is really stupid. It deludes actual racism itself, but uh, we're talking about it, and it's important. I just think it's dumb that it's Chip Kelly being accused of it. Yeah, that that's kind of my biggest thought on this is the idea that there is real, legitimate racism out there, and and this really takes away from it, in my opinion. But but I'll get to that in a sec, Matt. Uh, a couple things John mentioned that that I think, uh, at least working in sports radio, are the things that I heard the most over the past week and a half or so, and one is Riley Cooper, is, is people saying, you know, if Chip's not a racist, then why is Riley Cooper still on this team and guys like Shady and Deshaun are not? So, A, how does that strike you? And B, do you think Chip needs to come out and say something? Do you think he needs a written statement? Do you think he needs to respond to this? Because if you all recall, at the owners' meetings, when he gave that hour-long, you know, back and forth with the reporters, he did address this. He was asked about it, and he said, it's 2015, you know, I don't, think about the color of players at all you know i can't believe in 2015 this is something that we're actually talking about more or less to paraphrase matt where do you kind of stand on those two topics one the riley cooper issue and b should chip respond yeah i think riley cooper is probably that's probably the single biggest problem that chip still has with all this because i think that i mean yeah full stop i mean i think that part of me wants to say like Nah, but I'm not going to. I mean, I just, I think that, I think Riley Cooper, I mean, he needs to go. I, I really think that, um, you know, and if he felt like this was, any of this was boiling over, you know, if Cooper were unpopular or whatever, I, I think he'd do the right thing there. Um, I'm a little confused why he's still on the team because he sucks because he seems like an asshole because he said all those things. I mean, all that stuff because he's got a big fucking neck and I don't trust it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just don't really, I don't really get it. And as far as coming out and saying something, I don't really know what you have to gain by that. I mean, what's he going to say? Like, look, I I don't hate black people. Like, you know, if you start, if you start that, it's like, um, have you ha, are you st- are you still drowning kittens or something? Like, it's just you know, there's no good answer uh, for something like that. I think that I think he he needs to keep doing what he's doing and and uh, and let his actions speak. I think that you know, you talk about guys on the team, people that he trusts. You know, and and there are people that are close to him, people that he trusts a lot, and that he's 
he's kept through his career, um, and there, a lot of them have been, you know, not white people of color, of, you know, of some, some, uh, some ethnicity or you know another. A lot of them have been black. Um, you know, he's had some Hispanics. Obviously, he's had uh, a lot of prominent Polynesian players. Um, I think that you've seen him, and and it's not just the players. You know, it's the it's well, a lot of them are the players. I mean, I don't think that anybody is a bigger fan of D'Amico Ryan's than Chip is. And Chip Chip trusts him. Chip trusts him to run that defense. He trusts him to run that locker room. He tra- Malcolm Jenkins too. I think Malcolm Jenkins has the other helmet radio. I mean, these are these are guys, uh, these African American guys who who Chip trusts implicitly. And I think that's that's how you address this: is you is you just continue to let your actions speak for themselves. Um, as for what uh, Shady said, I think I think he's off base there. I think that you know there is the sort of notion that like. Um, I think we've coded, managed to code, uh, like being a very expressive or emotional player um, as being black. I, th- I think it's more likely that the, uh, and somebody on Twitter said this to me, um, I think it's more likely that the, the kind of the, the, the opposite of that is true, which is that we've, we've managed to, we've more likely convinced ourselves that, um, uh, or we, it's more likely that we feel that, um, that people, uh, when you see something that's like taking a stand against being expressive on the football field, you know, uh, the celebration penalties, the goalpost dunking, all that stuff. I think that's more anti-black, uh, you know, at least it's coded that way than, than it is to say that, you know, Chip got rid of these guys because they were always running their mouths and doing that and all that. But really, it's because they're black. It's, you know, I don't really think that, I don't know if I'm being clear enough here. What do you think, guys? No, no, that, that makes sense. I, I think there's... Because, uh, especially when you're talking about the coding thing, like David Stern in the NBA clearly made that, I think, the, 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 the kind of what, what you were kind of trying to encapsulate there. I mean, like the whole suits and tie thing and trying to you know, dish down some of the hip-hop culture and all that other stuff. I think that's where people get that, you know, get that sense of like, oh, well, that's, that's what he means now. Like when they're expressive means black. Um, so I, 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 understand, I understand that, and I think that's a dangerous road also to go down on. I mean, I think when you even look at a guy like, and I'm not saying like, I don't know the relationship between, uh, you know, Kelly and Mathis, but I would say like Mathis is an expressive type of player, you know, it was a little bit different from, I don't know, you're just your normal run of, of guys that would, you know, walk into a locker room. But um, I, I get what you're trying to say. I don't, I don't even think it's, I, I mean, can't they just be assholes? Like, is that appropriate? Like, that's what I'm yeah, saying. and I think I if you, think... I've, sorry, I think if you talk to LaShawn and Deshaun and you talk to him off the record, they know what they did. All right, they they yeah. know that they know that they they acted their way right out of that locker room, and it wasn't through their actions on the field. And it, well, it probably wasn't even through their actions in the locker room. It was the choices they made. It was the fact that they weren't keeping up with their conditioning. Like, you think either of those guys are getting ten hours of sleep a night? Like, I know Shady isn't because I see him online tweeting mean things at women. You know, like, and I think, you know, you can say a similar thing about Deshaun Jackson. Like, you think he's getting uh, 10 hours of sleep a night, even during the season? Because I, you know, I sure as hell don't. I, I think that those guys, they know what they did. I think that if you ask them uh, why they're not on the team anymore, it's easy enough for them to be like, oh, well, you know, it's because of this, that, and the other thing. But really, you know, just look in the mirror, jerk. Yeah, and they didn't have, I mean, they even publicly stated that they didn't have good relationships. So, I mean, it's just like, well, uh, maybe look there first. But again, it's it's so crazy. We talk about all like I can recognize, I can understand Shady, I can understand Deshaun. I still can't, I still cannot wrap my head around Riley Cooper. That's what I'm saying. Like I can justify everything else, I still can't justify the signing of Riley Cooper. And yeah, that's well, I think that's always going to bug me 
with this whole thing. And I think that's again, like we've, you know, we're coming around in a circle again, but I just think that's, that's bothersome enough with all this other stuff to let that sit there and simmer when we all know that Chip Kelly isn't, isn't that type of guy. So uh, we haven't let Ben speak yet. So I want to, I want to know what he, he's thinking as well. And James can throw in or whatever, but uh, I, 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 even when you're not hosting, you can't help but host, right? I know. Um, I'm sorry, buddy. No, but I'm with you. And, and I think the Cooper thing is, is a, I think the issue is that it's being lumped in with this. And and despite the fact that it is racially motivated, what happened with Cooper, it is a separate issue. And, and there were players on the team at that time, like Mike Vick, who stood up and said, you know, we have to forgive this guy and move forward, which kind of is a different situation. But before I I, I give my final thoughts on this, Ben, what do you think? How did you interpret this whole situation? And uh, do you think Shady's coming from a place of truth or a place of, of sour grapes? I think that, I think that, Shady's just very, very salty, but what he brought up kind of stirred the pot and created this whole conversation. And what someone's explained to me is that it's you can't just qualify uh, Chip Kelly not being racist by him bringing in black players. Right. There's also this possibility where the idea of, and I'm not saying that this is the truth, I'm saying this is someone's interpretation of it, is that there's a possibility where uh, a, a coach doesn't like the idea of black players being there and then being in a position of vocal power over a locker room um, in standing to his, his, own, his own power over a locker room. Which, I mean, in theory, it makes sense if, if someone's racist and, they're trying to, and that's how they're going to project their racism. But I think the thing with Chip Kelly, and this goes back to him being a coach at Oregon, is he does that with all players. He, I mean... Chip Kelly is a control freak, and and that is something I'm. I mean, I, I've been an Oregon fan my basically my whole life, and that's something that's like always been clear to me is that he has his program, and if players aren't willing to buy in, he does he he wants no part of those players. Um, and it's I mean, and like Matt said, it's obvious that you know McCoy and Jackson weren't buying into that program, and you know what like. I mean, this is unrelated, but obviously it's going to get looped in with the whole Riley Cooper thing, is I, I mean, with the the actual thing that happened, I, it's totally fair to say he was really, really drunk, and he said something really, really stupid, and he probably came to the locker room and said to a lot of the guys in the locker room, you know, I made a mistake, and I'm sorry, and I'm willing to, you know, make amends on my mistake, and he probably just bought into the program, and and if the if there was players in the locker room that were willing to accept him after that incident, which it seemed that they were, you know, that whole thing with Michael Vick, um, it's it's very possible that he just kind of bought in, bought into the program, you know, had himself a career season, and probably was given a new contract by way of one having a good season and buying in being kind of like being like the guy or just like a yes man in that locker room which is kind of, i mean which is a, a different situation itself um and uh also possibly as a contingency plan with macklin and they knew that they were getting rid of jackson um and they didn't really know what they were doing going into the draft in terms of wide receiver luckily they were able to get matthews in the second round but I, I think that people are kind of really overplaying. Like the fact that Riley Cooper, from an a- external perspective, is on the team is is kind of a stain. 
But like when you actually sit down and think about it, it, it's not, I mean, when you actually really, really think about it, it's like, okay, well, there's actual reasoning behind this. Um, And I mean, if people are just going to sit there and make these crazy accusations and use one thing to tie in with another, uh, it it doesn't really make sense. And and I really, I honestly think that not only is Shady salty, but he's kind of proving why he's not not in Philadelphia in the first place because he's, I mean, he just kind of runs his mouth about this shit when he gets upset. which is which comes down to a lot of the stuff I heard in terms of why the coaching staff wasn't happy with him during the season because he was upset about you know getting pulled late in games and stuff like that. But I mean, this whole thing's ridiculous. Accusing Chip and and like was said earlier, um, kind of diverting from the real problems. I mean, because there is a there is a problem with race in the NFL and obviously in this country, and just these distractions kind of distract us from you know actual uh, violations of this whole thing going on in the NFL. Yeah, well, I, I think I think there are a lot of good points there, and, and we're obviously going to move on, but I think the key points that were brought up there are the fact that it's all about the program with Chip Kelly. Get along with the program. It has nothing to do with race. It doesn't have to do with whether you're black or white. It's whether you buy in, whether you do the sleep methods that he wants, whether you nutrition with your body. That's the stuff that matters to Chip Kelly first and foremost. <laughs> So I think that that's something important to remember. I've been around the locker room for the last few years. I know that locker room well. I've never seen any evidence whatsoever of Chip being racist in any way, shape, or form. I have, however, seen Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, those two guys specifically not be as involved with the program as the other players were. And and I think that's a much bigger fact here. Uh, Riley Cooper, I think we can all agree we don't understand why he's on the team, even from a talent perspective, much less from the fact that he said the dumbest possible thing you can say. But I will say about Riley is he's dumb as rocks, okay? Like, I, I think that that's a big part of, of the mistake that he made. And maybe he's just not cultured. Maybe it's just where he comes from. It's not okay. It's a gigantic mistake. And if it were me, I would have cut him. But I, I think that the situations are a little different. And, and for Shady, too, it's like this guy was praising Chip Kelly a year ago, saying this is the best coach I've ever played with. This guy's a genius, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, he's a racist who, who hated him. I, I mean, it's it's a big jump. It feels like sour grapes. It feels like there's a saltiness there. None of us, as four white dudes talking about sports on a you know freaking podcast, could ever presupposed to be in someone like Shady's shoes and to feel what he feels, but I think that there are much bigger issues with race out there, and I think that this is getting far too much attention in that sense than issues that really should, but uh, I think we've spent, we've James, spent 20... James, I, just, I, know, I know we want to move on from it. I just have one more thing to add, just because I, I, I do want to make this a sticking point, and I'm just speaking for myself here. What I, I don't like, and I'm not blaming you, Ben, at all. I, I don't like Riley Cooper, what he said is not dumb. It's not a serious mistake. It's horrendous, and and it's, I know it's, just, it's a travesty. It's a travesty. Yeah. And and when it's when pe- people can be dumb and drunk and do all that and say crazy things, but it still comes from a spot. No, it comes from a, a dark place. I, I sure. think. And, I think there's when, no question and, about that. And and the only reason I bring that up again is because there's this thing that was going on like headline news all we all this week about like a principal or a teacher somewhere in. Uh, whatever the South, and like she had forgotten about a valedictorian speech that she didn't mark in the program, and everybody started leaving, and she tried to corral everybody back in. And they, you know, nobody was really responding to her, and she kept ripping the crowd and all this stuff. And then at the end, she goes, "Oh, look who's leaving! All the black people!" Like that—that that isn't coming from 
somewhere where it's like, oops, I made a mistake, or like the devil made me do it. Like it's it's ingrained somewhere in your psyche, and that's why I won't buy the dumb mistake, all that other stuff. And I don't think people should. Oh, either, yeah. So. No, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think it should be bought as a dumb mistake. It's more just an explanation for where it comes from. And in no no way is it okay. It's a, it's a a travesty. And and like I said, I would have cut the guy the next day. You know, regardless yeah. of values on the field, I would have cut the guy the next day. I, I just think that that they're different situations. And, and I think that just because Riley Cooper is on the team and LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson are not, is not a reason you can call Chip Kelly a racist, is my point. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what what I'm saying. I think there's there's way more behind all all of that that we don't have answers to, but it's still ingrained in everybody's head and I know it's in mine a lot when I when I still, you know, see him on the team yeah, and he should be all gone. that other stuff. So yeah, yeah, he should be gone. And and I think the bigger issue that, that we've all kind of touched on is that there are real important issues about race that need to be talked about, that there needs to be a dialogue about and, and that, you know, this is not one of them. Like if yes, there is uh, racism and, and, in locker rooms and, and whatever with coaches, that matters. But I don't think and again, who knows? We could all be completely wrong, but yeah. from the evidence that's there, it does not appear that this is one of those situations. Stop uh stop comparing uh, black quarterbacks to only black quarterbacks when you scout them. Okay. Yeah, Media, perfect. everybody, that'd be great. Thank you. Okay, well let's <laughs> let's go with that. Speaking of quarterbacks and that's a hell of an awful segue right there. Um <laughs> Let's talk about ours, and John, I'm just going to come to you with this. Uh, John has been, and we're, we're moving away from the race discussion. You know, that was a good 30 minutes on race, and I think that that's all that we can kind of handle, especially if, if you're living in Philly, if you've been around Philly, it's been obviously until Tom Brady, uh, you know, got a, a crazy four-game suspension. There's really nothing else to talk about here. Um, but, but John, you've been kind of going with this whole Sam Goodford, Sam Badford thing on Twitter and kind of putting out vines and kind of showing some some instances of Bradford both on the good side and on the bad side. But kind of tell us what you've seen in, in that kind of research and why there's hope for Bradford, which is it seems like you're more hopeful than not with, with kind of the, the Twitter madness well, well, you've been putting out. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, like, that's what that's what happens with, uh, with downtime and all this other stuff. I, I just said, you know, Matt and I had had conversations off air uh, and basically just with everybody about, let's look at his tape. Is he really that good? I mean, like, we all have these preconceptions like, oh, he's bad at this, he's good at this, he's da-da-da-da. I was just like, you know what? I, I'm going to watch every single game. I'm going to literally sit here and watch every single game. I'm going to watch every pass that he throws, and I'm going to make my own determination. I want everybody else to see it, too. And I, I, I just think it's it, the, the more and more I watched it, and I started spitting, you know, spitting some fire there. I'm <laughs> like, you know, I, I really do think... Sam Bradford is a top ten quarterback as long as he's in Philadelphia. I think he could be a top seven. Like his skill set is tailor made for this offense, tailor made. And there's even a couple of couple of instances where, where I'm going to be throwing them up this week where um, I don't know where I don't know where Jeff Fisher pulled it out from, but I mean there's some read option plays that are in there, and you look at it what he does, and you're like, oh my god, like that is that is the quickest release I've ever seen. You know, if it's it's a it's a humongous like. It's it's him, and then there's 50 feet, and then there's Sanchez, and then there's Foles. It's it's the I I, th- I, I think there's about that's the distinction that I kind of saw the narrative that was kind of turning here, which I was like, there's no way that Sanchez and Bradford are that close, and I hear a lot of people saying that, and I was like, I, I just I don't think that's true, um, I, and I, I tell you what, man, I was like, his his arm is 
is a is a laser. Like it's a it is a lot stronger than I thought it was originally. <laughs> and and it is and I know that's like <laughs> I know that's like the uh, Matt's gonna rip me for that because like he does uh, all the uh, the comparisons <laughs> to like mechanical things. But um, <laughs> no, it's really it's a really strong arm, and his his down the field accuracy was uh, a lot better than I thought too. So. It, you know, if everything works out okay, and we can beat the if he's healthy dead horse, you know, to do, if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, I'm I'm not just not going to say that anymore because we all we all I think can figure out that he's had two back to back ACL tears, and Chip Kelly knows about that. But um, when he comes in here, it's going to be I'm I am now very excited to see what he can do uh, in this offense because there's there's so much more as far as like footwork and everything else that he does that far surpasses anything else that we've seen with Chip Kelly's offense here that it could be incredible. And I think uh, maybe I owe a big apology to Chip because I hated the trade. I hated the value. I hated everything when it went down. So um, buckle up, guys. I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun season. Yeah, well, and again, it, like you said, it all comes back to the health. I think that, you know, we've talked about Bradford ad nauseum to this point. Uh, you know, there was a reason he was drafted number one overall. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But to, to shift gears, Matt, uh, let's talk about a couple guys who are newer to the team than Sam Bradford, which are, are not many players. And um, the the rookies, we obviously discussed this last podcast and kind of their fits and whatnot, but... I know you had some strong thoughts on what you had seen from their press conferences and actually getting a chance to, to, as it were, meet these guys as Eagles kind of see them and see how they kind of come across. What were your impressions? I know you had some strong thoughts on Jordan Hicks. Well, first of all, Sam Bradford has a well-maintained city bus system for an arm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's got a bunch of old phone books for an arm. Uh, so, so the question, oh, right. So, um, so the press conferences, I thought those guys were awesome. They all seem like these dudes walk in, they're like, what, they're 20, 21 years old. They haven't even had a beer yet, I bet. Uh, and, uh, also laughter. Um, but, uh, you know, these guys, they come in and they just like, well, first of all, Aguilar walked in and like owned the room, right? He was just like, I'm here. Uh, and he just like, uh, during, during the intro press conference afterwards, um, he must have taken five or six questions about whether he was going to play inside or outside. First of all, folks, get your shit together. Uh, he doesn't need to ask that, answer that. And like two days later, Greg Murphy asked him that during the Phillies game, and I was just like, man, he, this guy must be like just wanted to choke all of you. But he didn't do it, which is a mark, which is a mark of professionalism, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, then you know, uh, Roe came in, and I thought Roe also did really well. But Jordan Hicks, man, Jordan Hicks is like a little CEO. You know, like this guy's just up there and he's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, right. We got to get this. We got to get responsible. We have a plan in place to do this. It's like this dude knows the score. He knows what's going on. He was I was blown away by this guy. And like what? He's 22. He's 23 years old. Like, I mean, shit, I don't sound like that now. I'm 27, you know, like, and you know, he's just he just blew me away. And, and so the, the point I'm trying to make here is that is exactly the kind of guy I want running my defense. This dude is smart. He is uh, he is on top of everything. He knows exactly where he stands. He knows exactly where he wants to be. He knows exactly how to get there. I mean, this guy, I mean, that's that's playing linebacker. But like mentally, you know, he's a mental linebacker. He's a force of nature. I, I just was blown away by all these guys. They seemed like such really good people, um, really smart people. I think that, you know, you're looking at real big 
stark difference from from uh, some of the shitheads we've seen come through here the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think that 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 speaks to the discussion we had earlier. That speaks to those are the type of guys Chip wants to fill his team with. That's why he drafts guys who have graduated from school, guys who are smart, intelligent, can think on the field. That's the type of guy Chip wants, and it's a perfect kind of corollary to that opening conversation we had, minus the race stuff. Um, So great point, Ben, uh, to kind of... Again, shift gears, but to, to throw a guy who, who was once brought in as a, a very high-profile draft pick, if for no other reason than he was taken instead of Earl Thomas, Matt. Brandon Graham has kind of lost some weight. He was on the uh, PFF 101 for their best players in the NFL based on kind of how they grade out, and that was in, a, what, a, you know, 60% of the snaps. What are you seeing in Graham? How do you think that that – 15 to 20 pound weight loss is going to affect him on the field. Can he come in this year and be a starting outside linebacker for this team? Uh, a la Trent Cole last season, someone who's going to have a real effect on the, the defense on an every play kind of basis. I am so excited about Brandon Graham next year. Uh, the whole thing with him and PFF and he's actually been one of PFF's uh, most efficient pass rushers in the NFL uh, since I think his third season, since the 2012 season. And he was, I think he disrupted uh, a play on like something like 17% of the, sna- on, of the plays that he played, which was the highest rate in the NFL. Um, he had the highest pass rushing productivity of any 3-4 uh, outside linebacker in the NFL so that means over Justin Houston, over Elvis Dumerville, Alden Smith. I mean, like he he was, and obviously the sample size is a little bit smaller, um, but just the efficiency at, at which he was able to create disruption in the backfield is, is something that I mean Eagles fans all wanted to see him on the field more. Um, and now he's in this full time starting role, and you expect that that productivity number to fall off. I mean, at least a little bit, um, but him going into next season and, and with this weight loss, I think he, I think he posted something on Instagram. Uh, it was a little unclear cause he said he lost 25 pounds combined with his wife. Um, so I don't know if that means he lost 25 pounds or him and his wife lost 25 pounds or he lost his wife or I, I'm just not totally sure on that, but I think he lost probably like 15 pounds. Um, or something like that. But I, I think where he is able to win as a pass rusher is really that burst off the line of scrimmage. And the fact that he was able to get lighter, so he's probably playing at about 255 pounds this year, uh, is going to improve his burst a lot. Uh, and he could be really, really good next year. And and I think, I mean, you put him next to Fletcher Cox, and he's probably going to be better than Connor Barwin has been in the system. He's going to be better than Trent Cole has been in the system. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be excited about with Brandon Graham. I love that. I mean, that he is a, he is a huge piece on this defense coming into this season. I think that if if he can take that next step and and really live up to that that hype, that draft status that that he was originally, you know, brought into this city with, it could be a game changer for this defense. But um, can he play safety? That's the real question. Yeah, it, it, Matt. Matt's still crying right now. Just the fact that we're talking about Brandon Graham, the tears are streaming down his face. All right. Guys, uh, uh, before he's had me blocked for like three yeah, years. Yeah, I know, way. I remember, and yeah. all because you mentioned Earl Thomas. Who saw that coming? No, I can't. Uh, wasn't it that, or what, what was the actual story no, of you getting blocked? Uh, I was, I was too nice to him. He doesn't like that. Don't be nice to him. Don't be mean to him. Uh, okay. Don't talk to him at all. 
I don't believe Brandon, that. Brandon, free everybody. Free everybody. Free that. Free <laughs> everybody. Okay. Uh, speaking of another Brandon, uh, Brandon Lee Gowton had an article on the site today, and it was actually um, a discussion of a reposting of Aaron Schatz and Football Outsiders, who generally do very good work. I'm a I'm a fan of Football Outsiders' work. Um, but they have projected the Philadelphia Eagles to come in third place. And, and he says their early projections are still changes that will happen. But they have the Eagles at 9-7 and seven, along with the Giants at 9-7. and seven. But the Giants' mean wins is 9.4 as opposed to 8.7 for the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys to win the division at 11.5. Let's just go around the horn. You know, how, how does it strike you? How... Do you think that that's a legitimate possibility, and what will it take for for it to either go that way or go another way? John, how do you feel about this? I don't know. I just keep looking at the schedule and all this other stuff, what they brought in, and now you can finally get an understanding of what they did after the draft. They could fart out nine wins. You know, I I, I just like, even with Sanchez, I think they could fart out nine wins. So, I mean, like, I, I guess it's reasonable, and I think a lot of that obviously depends on you know, the quarterback situation and everything else, and if the, the Roe can play the corner right away and how long it's going to take for the secondary to adjust and all this stuff. I just think that early in the schedule, they have a lot of time to kind of figure that stuff out. They're facing a couple of new uh, rookie quarterbacks. They're facing a couple of new, uh, you know, head coaches and all that stuff. So I think that's all beneficial. Plus they can figure out, you know, what's going on uh, on, on their end as well. So it's just – I. I, I don't know. I, I, I hear a lot about single-digit single, single digit wins and all this other stuff, and I kind of get the sense that, and I, I know we've said this before, but that it's kind of almost year one again for Chip Kelly, at least in a lot of people's eyes, of like, all right, let's see if this jerk-off can do this because he, he's crazy or, like, you know, whatever. And I think people kind of latch on to that and automatically think that, this team's going to regress and do all that other stuff. And I'll say what I said last year. I just don't see this team actually, like, regressing that much as far as a, a win total. He took garbage. He took a four-win garbage team and made it win 20 games. So um, if he gets his guys in there and if you trust in what he's doing and all that other stuff, I, I think it's another 10-win season. And I, I don't know. I just I don't, I don't see 9-7 and seven unless everything, you know, uh, collapses. So Matt, that's, that's where I'm at. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I think John, you said it really well. I, I mean, yeah, I, they could literally fart out nine wins. I mean, you look at the schedule, and there's definitely going to be some hard games on there, but there's not eight hard games on there. Like a lot of these teams are very bad. You know, it's the same. You know, it's the same with a lot of teams. But there's 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 nothing holding this team back. Uh, well, or maybe there's a few things holding this Other team back. Other than Sam Bradford's ACL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's certainly nothing keeping them from. They, they should be able to get 10 wins easily. I mean, it's just not even not, – no question for me. Ben, thoughts? Uh, I mean, this is going to be a little bit of a hot take, but they're going to have the best defense in the division. I mean, we can – can we all agree on that? Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I'll say I they have the best fair. front seven. I don't know if they have the best defense yet, but, yeah. It's, it, well, that's, I, I agree with you. It's better than it was last Ta- year. Talent-wise, so. they will. I mean, you yeah. know, I think – for sure. I mean, they're going to have the best defense in the division. They probably have the strongest running game. I mean, Dallas is the offensive line, but we have an offensive line. We actually have running backs. Um, <laughs> so, and we have their running back, actually. Uh, so, we have the best defense, the best uh, running game, and best special teams. So, I yeah, there's the quarterback situation, and that's that's a wild card, but I mean, even with Sanchez, this, I think I, I, and this is crazy, but I think this team could honestly win 10 games with Sanchez. But if you get, 
you know, the Sam Bradford that we're hoping for um, for all 16 games in the season. I mean, this is 12-win team. Yeah, well, look, again, <laughs> they, they basically won 10 games with Sanchez last year. Granted, obviously, Foles was there for the beginning. But uh, do we really think there's a gigantic difference between Foles and Sanchez? Uh, you know? Well, we've we've argued that for three months, so I, yeah. <laughs> with everybody else, I don't think they're. I yeah, feel I don't like think maybe Foles is better. slightly better, and and uh, some people think Sanchez is better. But the point is, a healthy Bradford, at least in the eyes of the four of us, is is definitely better than either of those two. So uh, I'm with you guys. I think that you know, barring an unforeseen injury here or there or, or collapse of some strange proportion. I, I don't see any way this team doesn't win 10 games, especially after winning 10 the last two years and, and not really being Chip Kelly's team. Uh, all right, guys, before we get out of here, any final words, John? Any last thoughts? Uh, with the whole Randy Gregory situation, then this, I'm going to go back to what we were talking about at the top of the show, and I can't remember who wrote the article. This is another thing that just... It's Charles Robinson. Uh, oh, Charles Robinson. Well, no, I, I'm, not, I'm actually not talking about that article, but there was... Uh, okay. there was but that was also a good one about him, all that stuff. Look, I mean, this is a guy who has anxiety, and and that's always a tricky situation in the NFL. And so you kind of identify with all the pot smoking and all that other stuff that he tries to cope and do all that. I don't know his background, you know, or, or where he came up from or any of that other stuff, but I, we keep categorizing those guys as character issues, and that's uh, I think that's another dangerous step on – all the stuff that we've been talking about with, you know, the NFL's race problem and uh, the Rooney rule and, and, and all that good stuff. I, I, you, you have to remember what character issues are because it's such a broad stroke, I think, that everybody takes of like, hey, you know, I know he's a Dallas Cowboy. I know he's like, you know, whatever. But just, just from that, I, I still feel like I'm rooting for him. And uh, obviously not on Sundays, but. I mean, that's a, uh, to me, I, I don't know. When I look at the Cowboys' locker room situation, I think it's dangerous. Um, and some people think otherwise and think Jason Garrett's, like, really good about creating a, a safe locker room and all that stuff. But that's just another thing to stop kind of, like, painting this huge brush and lumping all these guys in with, like, you know, oh, this guy's in anxiety problems and that guy's a criminal, so they're together. Like, it's, it's such a – that's the other thing that's just – continually bothers me throughout the draft process and all this other stuff. But um, other than that, uh, go birds. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that that's insanity. I, they're, they're two worlds apart. They're completely different things. Matt, final thoughts. Yeah, Sam Bradford has a well-crafted piece of climate change legislation for an arm. <laughs> I like that. That's actually my favorite. Cl- you didn't even just go climate change. You could have said climate change. But you no. went climate change. Climate change is bad, James. Legislation. Yeah. yeah. Well like crafted that. piece of climate change legislation. I would have gone I would have gone he's got El Nino for an arm. Ben, <laughs> final thoughts. Um, I have no final thoughts. That was what I was gonna say as well. Perfect job there, Ben. <laughs> Uh, great job, guys, dealing with a tough issue at first and then having some fun after. So for John Barchard, for Matt Daring, for Ben Natan, I'm James Seltzer. Thanks for listening to episode 98 of BGN Radio on LibertyBroadcast.co. Sam Bradford. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Yes, here we go again. Give you more, nothing less. Back on the mic is the anti-depressor. Hell rock, no pressure.
Like one.